If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. If you don't, the scripture is printed in the bulletin on page 6. Uh, there's a place to take notes on page 7. We're still looking at one verse today. If you were here last week, you'll recognize the same verse that we looked at last week. So uh, I'll explain why after we read it. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. Friends, listen. This is God's word. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is God's word. Okay, so last week we, we looked at this verse and we studied it in the context of Moses and the Old Testament tabernacle. It's sort of in the context of where we find it in 2 Corinthians 3. We also talked about how it applies to our Sunday worship services. And what I want to do is I want to come back to this verse and look at it again because I want to make sure that we all understand with great specificity how to apply this verse every day of our lives. Okay? This verse speaks wonderful things about what happens here on Sundays, but it also speaks to you Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday and Saturday. And so I want to make sure we understand this. Um, and it's so important that we understand this because we all struggle with a gap. Okay? We all, there's a gap between where we are and where we want to be. Okay? When you think about your heart, Think about your character, think about your relationships, think about your habits, think about all the aspects of your life. There's this gap, right, between who you are and who you wish you were. Um, I've been meeting with a friend. Uh, we, we get together and we discuss our spiritual lives. And, and she's really spiritual, but she wouldn't classify herself as Christian. And this last week she was telling me about how, it was interesting, she said, you know, we all have this void in our lives. It's this void, and we constantly try to fill it. Um, it's this desire to be happy, this desire to be satisfied, and we try to stuff things into this void. And she said that um, the people use shopping, they use sex, they use drinking, they use relationships. And she said that that stuff just fills it temporarily. And actually, we spend our time kind of jamming stuff in, and so by the time that it stops satisfying and it comes back out, that void's there and it's even bigger. And so I asked her, I said, well, what do you do to fill that void then? Like, what do you do? And, uh, and she said that what she does is she stops and she tries to meet with God and to let him have control. And I said, well, it sounds like you've got to figure it out. Like, that seems like a pretty good, pretty good method for trying to fill that void. Because from my experience, God's the only thing that can actually fill that void and the only thing that will leave. And then her response was, well... Yeah, but I'm not always this way. She said, I talk a good talk, but I'm not always like this. And I said, well, that, that's a universal issue, isn't it? And that's a truth that we have between us. Um, there might be things that we disagree about, but on that, I think we can both agree. Um, the desire to grow and to change, right? The desire to change our character, our habits, that we're not what we want to be. And, you know, it's interesting because the Bible is really honest about this struggle. This is Romans chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. 
This is the Apostle Paul writing. Okay? This is the guy who wrote half the New Testament. And here's what he has to say. He says, I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. Anybody else? Have the desire, don't have the ability. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. And I wonder why, 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 why? I mean, this is, this is our lives, right? This is our struggle. This is the frustration that comes. And it's like, it's not always all of life. Sometimes there's, you know, we see it happening, we're excited, but then there's these nagging areas. There's these addictions or even things that feel like addictions, right? We have this struggle. Well, this is why we have been studying for this whole month the Bible's teaching on regeneration. Okay? On regeneration. This is what we've been doing this whole month. And so we... Oh, here we go. Ryan, did you put that up there? <clears throat> Here's a definition of regeneration. Regeneration is the act of God where he puts spiritual life and strength in us, restoring us into his image. He makes us new inside. Okay? This is regeneration. God puts spiritual life and strength in us, making us new inside. So I think actually this is a good example of regeneration. Okay? This is Ryan's toy. It's a giraffe. This is what we want to be, right? We all want to be a giraffe. No, we all want to be strong. This is how we are. <laughs> right? I mean, this is what we want. This is what we see. This is what, that we have this dream. So we are laughing for wrong reasons, okay? <laughs> um, but this is what we are. Right? This is how it feels to live, right? We lack strength. We can see this. We can understand who we want to be, and yet every time we try, it feels like we got nothing. It feels like we just wish we could be something, and it feels like it's something that we're not. Okay? And I saw this this week, and I'm like, that's exactly what regeneration is about. Regeneration is God putting his spiritual strength in us to make us what he wants us to be. You with me? Right? It's a powerful, like, this is a good illustration. Right? You find it in the greatest places. All of life is spiritual. You can find truth everywhere. And so, so this is what regeneration is. This is what God does when we believe in Jesus. He puts his spiritual life and strength in us. He makes us new inside. Okay? And this verse, I mean, so it's one thing to say, okay, and we've looked at this, right? We've seen how God does this. When we believe in Jesus, our old self is crucified with Christ and we're raised a new self. You know, we've seen that God has put spiritual muscles in us and we have to work out our salvation because God is at work in us, right? And so we see these things and the question is, how? How? If God has done this when we believe in Jesus, then why do we spend so much of our time like this? Right? How do we get regeneration to work itself out in our lives? Friends, that's what this verse will teach us. Okay? That's what this verse teaches us. 
Okay? The way that we are transformed from one degree of glory to another is by beholding the glory of the Lord. Okay, that's what this verse says. We all, without a veiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Okay? So we see the glory of God. And we're going to talk about how we see that in just a minute. But if we can see the glory of God, then we will become transformed into the same image. <clears throat> there was a philosophy student in college um, who had a, a final exam coming up. And, and I don't know if they did this when you were in college, they did this when I was in college. Um, many professors allowed their students to bring into the final a cheat sheet. Right? So, you know, they'll define how big a cheat sheet you can bring, where you can bring in either formulas or examples or notes. It's just like one shot at consolidating the entire class, the entire semester under one sheet of paper. So this particular professor um, allowed their students to bring in one single eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. Okay? And, uh, and it's really interesting. Anything you can fit on this paper, he said, you can bring in. And so students filled their, these are legal cheat sheets now, right? Fill them with notes, examples, problems, and it's really cool when you, if you ever tried this, then you know you can actually read five-point font. <laughs> you can fit an incredible amount of information on an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper. And so people come in with all their stuff, scribble over, all in an effort to get an A. And, okay, in this introductory philosophy class, a student brought in a sheet that was blank. Okay, it was a blank sheet of paper. And his classmates saw that they were dumbfounded. They're like, what is up with you? They thought he was either arrogant or foolish or both. Right? And they said, why did you do this? What, and, and, what did you memorize everything that's going to be on the test? You memorized the whole class? It's like, nope. Didn't. This confident air. And they're like, this guy, he's just arrogant. He's arrogant. So when the exam started, the student took his sheet of paper, okay, took his sheet of paper, and he laid it on the ground, right next to his desk. Two minutes later, a doctorate in philosophy student walked into the class and stood on this sheet of paper <laughs> and was with him the entire time. Because the professor said, you can use anything that you can fit on the sheet of paper. He aced the test. He got 100. Like it wasn't even, and he was the first one done. Students were just frustrated. They were angry. They were jealous. They were all these things, right? So why do I tell the story? The story illustrates how we are transformed. Okay? Your life, right? Your life, your character, your relationships, your habits, the things that you think about, the things that you do, the things that you say, right? In some ways, they're all like tests to see where you are. They're indications of how you're doing in your spiritual development. <clears throat> God has provided for us not just a cheat sheet, but God has provided for us a person. Person. He has given to us Jesus Christ, who not only came and lived perfectly, okay, he did that. As we read the scriptures, 
we can see the perfect life of Jesus. But what God does is God takes that perfect life of Jesus and he gifts it to us. We receive, when we believe in Jesus, the Bible says that we are united with him. Okay? We become one with Jesus. And so what that means is that Jesus is in us. Okay? When we think about regeneration, it's the act of God where he puts spiritual life and strength in us. But it's so much more than just life. It's so much more than just strength. What God puts in us is a person. By his spirit. That's what it says at the end of verse 18. It says, and this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Okay? And so God gives us, through the Holy Spirit, the spirit indwells us and gives us Jesus Christ and his character. So who God is comes into us. Okay, do you understand that? Does that make sense? This is what regeneration is. Okay? It's God changing who we are because he puts Jesus in us. Okay, so it's not just a power, but it's a person. Right? It's not just all the answers on a sheet of paper. It's Jesus personally with you. Okay? You have to understand regeneration if you're going to understand how you can grow. Because there's lots of ways to grow. There's all kinds of ideas, all kinds of religions that have different philosophies that how to grow. You know, in some ways, everything is up to you. Right? It's up to you, it's up to your strength, it's your decisions, it's all you. But with the gospel, with the gospel, all of our efforts to grow, all of our efforts to close the gap between who we are, who we want to be, uh, in the gospel, it comes because of what God does in us. What God does in us. And so, the reason why beholding the glory of the Lord changes us is because we are regenerated. It's because who God is, is now in us. Okay? If you're going to write one thing down, write this down. Who God is comes in us. Who God is comes in us. This is extravagant grace. Right? Yes, God forgives us, and that is glorious. There is freedom and joy and assurance. Yes, God adopts us into his family. So we're his sons and his daughters, and he will never let us go. But God also changes us from the inside out. And so, this is how it practically works. Okay? This is how regeneration changes us. It's four steps that put this verse into practice with the truth of regeneration. Okay? Number one, think of an area where you want to grow. Okay? Could be a habit you want to break, could be a habit you want to start. It could be a relationship that you don't do well in, or a relationship that you want to grow in. It could be a part of your character. It could be anything. It could be a situation at work. It could be a situation at home. But you want to think of an area where you want to grow. Second, you want to behold God's glory. Okay? And I'm going to talk. We're actually going to do this together here in just a moment. Um, you want to behold God's glory. So this means you want to see as clearly as you possibly can what God is like in 
this area. Okay? And you can picture him as God the Father up in heaven, with his character being what it is, or you can picture Jesus on earth as a human being, the God man, right? Perfectly living in your situation. What would it look like for God's glory to shine in your in the situation you want to grow? Okay? Then, here's the kicker. Number three is that you need to remember regeneration. You gotta remember what God has done in you. Okay? You have become like Him. He has made you like Him because He has put Jesus in you. Okay? And then fourth, you would walk in His strength. Walk in His strength because now things are different. Okay? That's it. This is how you can grow, how regeneration can promote and propel your spiritual growth. <clears throat> and so, let me give you an example, and then we'll actually, we're going to do this together. Okay? Because again, the key for me today is that you get to a place where you, before you leave here, will think, okay, I know how to do this, and I can do this in my own life. Okay, so, with the kids at home, during uh, this week, uh, one of the evenings, I said, okay, kids, as I was praying with them, um, mostly individually, uh, before they went to bed at night, I said, kids, I want you to picture what it would be like if Jesus was at home with us during the day. Okay? During the day, well, and when I said us, I meant with you and Mama, because you guys are the ones on the music work. Um, so I said, picture what would it be like? Can you picture in your mind what it would be like if Jesus were part of the time. Like he was here in our home. I was like, picture how Jesus would be laughing with us, and he'd be spending time doing fun things. He'd be pretty quick to serve. He'd be doing nice things for us. He'd be saying nice things for us. He'd be wanting to understand what's going on. He'd be, you know, can you just picture that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I can picture that. I'm like, no, no, no. Picture Jesus in the Lord room. Picture Jesus in the living room. Like, what would he be doing? Right? Maybe he'd be reading a book to you. Maybe he'd be, you know, if somebody uh, got hurt, what would Jesus do if he were here? If y'all are on the trampoline in the backyard and Jesus was there jumping and playing, like, what would he be like? And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, you got it, you got it, you got it. That's okay, all right. So, can you picture that? Yes. Now, remember that Jesus is actually in you. Because you've been regenerated. You have a new heart that is Jesus' heart in you. Jesus is in you. So the Bible says that this, God invites us to believe that this is true. This is what he does. And so now, let him live for you. When things go bad, and you get frustrated, you get angry, you want to hit, I get it. But you know what? There's more to you now. Because of regeneration, there's more to you than just your desire to get revenge. Because Jesus is in you. And how would Jesus respond if Jesus were hit on the trampoline and got hurt? How would Jesus respond? Well, that Jesus is in you. And like waves of understanding are like coming over there. Um, and it was cool because when I did this with Ryan, 
Brian said this, it was awesome, I wrote this down, he said, wait, so Dan, it's like I'm a house and Jesus was living in me. Yeah, that's right. Your body's like a house and Jesus is living inside of you. And then I said, yeah, and your mouth is like a window that opens up and Jesus calls out. You know, it's our mouths, it's our thoughts, it's our hearts, it's our hands, it's our feet. This is what regeneration is. And as practically as I can try to make it, like in our daily lives, right, Jesus is in us. And so, I want to do this together. Um, I want to just go through this process. And, and it's interesting because, like, this, this is what it means. Like, this sort of process, going to God with this process, and praying this process in His presence, this is what it means to have a relationship with Him. Okay? Like, we all struggle to grow, right? We struggle to, to, to change, to grow, to develop, to mature. And sometimes we struggle as though God isn't real. You know, or, or sometimes we struggle as though God is up there and He's real, but it's really sort of up to us to grow and become what He wants us to be. But, but regeneration says that God has come so close to you that He is with you in all of your struggles. That He cares about you. He wants you to succeed. He wants to give you everything that you need. And so, and that's what this is. Like, so this is part of what it means to have a relationship with God. This is a huge aspect of our relationship with Him. Okay? And so, so here's what I want us to do. I want you to think of an area where you want to grow. Just think of one area that you'd like to grow. Um, I'd encourage you to write it down. Just write it down. We're going to walk through this. Um, I want you to write it down. Um, it could be, again, it could be a habit that you want to start or a habit that you want to stop. It could be a relationship in the home, a relationship at work. It could be in your neighborhood, it could be in your community. Uh, I mean, whatever. Think of an area that you want to grow. And once you've got that, what we're going to do is we are going to go to the Lord together. So we're all going to close our eyes and we're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in prayer. Okay? I'm going to pray and, and direct and guide us. And then I'm going to go silent while you listen to what God has to say. Okay? Now, for some of you, um, God may speak audibly, you know, sort of, in your mind. Um, for others of you, God might give you, like, a picture or an image of himself in your situation or of you in your situation. Um, and uh, Or for some of you, God might put a scripture verse on your heart. It's something that you know what the Bible says. You know, and so God speaks in different ways. And, and these can be ways for us to hear God speak and join us in this process. Okay? And so if, uh, if you want to write down some things as we pray together, then I encourage you to do that. Because it will help you remember. Um, my experience with praying like this um, is that sometimes when I write things down, then later on I can pray more than that. So, so this, we're going to walk through this process, okay? And uh, so let's pray. Let's pray together. And Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you as our dad. Father, all of us have areas where we want to grow. Um, you know what, God? There's one other thing that I want to say before we start praying. So um, 
So we'll be right back for um, friends. If you're here and you're not a Christian, because I know not all of you are, um, then this, then what you're going to see, this is part of how we pray. This is part of what kind of relationship you can have with God. And so, if you're not a Christian, uh, for those of you who aren't Christians, listen in and follow along. Because to me, this has become one of the most transforming processes in my own life. It's helped me grow. And this is the kind of relationship Jesus offers for you. Okay, so let's pray. So, Father, thank you. We can really clear about who you are. Thank you that we can draw near to you. God, as we've worshipped you, as we have sought your face, um, we now want to come to you. And uh, in each one of us, we have an area in our life that we want to grow. There's an area of our life where we feel like we're not what we want to be. And uh, God, we thank you that we have your love before we grow. We thank you that in this process, this isn't about earning your love. Thank you, God, for loving us first. <coughs> That you loved us, but we had nothing in us that was worth loving. And so we know our salvation is secure, but we want to experience more of your salvation in the broken areas of our lives. And so, Father, we come, and uh, in each one of us, in silence, we now will tell you the area that we want to grow, that we want to bring into your presence.
understanding awe of your perfection. When I imagine you in my situation, I'm just in awe. You always know what is right. You always manifest what's right. And there is glory. There's glory in it. I behold when I imagine you living perfectly in my situation. In some ways, Jesus, I feel like we're just starting to see what you would look like where we are. But we now, Jesus, we now want to talk. We want to bring up this reality that you promise that when we believe in you, when we trust in you, that we are regenerated. Our old sinful self has died with you on the cross. And you have raised us up from the dead. Not the same person, but new. You make us new. Regeneration teaches us, Jesus, that you have come and the heart that was in you, the heart that is in you, that produced your perfect behavior, that produced your perfect heart, your perfect actions, your perfect words, that is now in us. Jesus, would you give us this sense, this image, would you make this real that you now have come and you've given us your heart? So that our heart beats with a passion for you. It beats with your desires. Our minds have been transformed because you have given us your mind. The way that you think. Our mouths have become yours. The words that you would say, they are now in us because we're united in you. Because you live in us. Jesus, the things that you've done, the things that you do, the places that you go, Lord, all of you is in us. We confess that it's hard for us to remember this. But we also confess to you that there are times when we just doubt, we just don't believe that it is true and it could be true. And so would you speak to our doubt? Your word says that our old self was crucified with you so that the body of sin would be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves of sin. Your word says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed, and all things have become new. Jesus, these things remind us, and they give us, they strengthen our faith to believe these things are true.
Will you please help overcome our doubts and our cynicism? Would you replace, I want to give you my doubt, just hand it to you, let me take it away. Give you my disbelief. Please, would you take these things from us? Just come and be with us. And now, Jesus, would you show us what we look like in that situation so that now our picture isn't you in the situation, but would you show us us, would you show us ourselves in that situation with your strength? What would we look like if we were in that situation as strong as you? Jesus, would you show us clearly what would we say? What kinds of things would we think? What kinds of ways would we feel? What things would we do or not do? Generation convinces us that we become transformed. Jesus, we commit to doing all we can to walk in this. Help us to remember this. Help us to practice this. So that we can work out what we have worked in. We want to work out our salvation into our lives with the confidence because you're willing us. Jesus, help us to do this. Thank you for the chance to not only look at your word, but to experience it in your presence. Be with us now as we continue to Consider just a couple more things to walk in this forward. We pray this in your name. This is a process that I have gone through over and over and over and over again. And I feel like this is how God transforms us from one degree to another, one degree to another. Um, and I just want to. The, I just want to make sure that we understand <clears throat> what this actually looks like, okay? Because I want to commend this process to you as often as you can think of it, you, it as you practice this. In a sense, this is also what our city Bible reading process is for. The ACTS, that Thanksgiving step, can be an opportunity for you to rehearse regeneration, to remember to be thankful that you are different, right? And then to walk in this. 
but it's going to take time. Okay, let me just give you some images. Okay, this is Jamie and I walking on the beach, and uh, we found this. This is uh, this is a piece of wood that's seen better days. Right, it uh, it's on the beach. It's being pummeled by the waves. It's being bashed up by the waves over and over and over again. Right, it's getting all stringy and kind of falling apart a little bit. All the all the weakened parts of this wood are falling off. Right, and so then we kept walking and we saw this. Thought, oh, that's interesting. Look, these are these have been here a lot longer than that first piece. Right, we kept walking and we found that. I thought, wow, that's, that's done. Um, this is what this process of regeneration in practice is like. Okay? This area that we prayed about, we might be here. And that's okay. Um, we might be here. That's okay. You might be here. That's okay. Right? The point is that the waves are what does this. The endless cycle of, I mean, for us, of God's grace crashing into our lives again and again. It's the gospel. It's being reminded that this is God in us over and over and over again. It gets us to a place where we become more you know, refined. We become more uh, smooth. The rough edges are, are lost. They, they fall away. Um, this is why we do sin by the way. This is why we need to worship God every day, not just on Sundays. It's, this is the process. You become more like this when you spend time with God. Right? And you worship Him as you read the scriptures. You know, this is why we have Sin Bible as the program. If you want to learn about Sin Bible, if you want to learn how to study the Bible, so that this is the impact on your heart and your mind. Come talk to us. <clears throat> will help you to know how to read the Bible so that it changes you. And then just one last thing is that um, we are not meant to do this process alone. Okay? So, <coughs> this is discipleship. Okay? This is discipleship. <clears throat> this is one of the ways it looks. Someone who's farther along in their journey toward Jesus helping someone else in their journey toward Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes it looks like this. Not as big a discrepancy, right? Sometimes you might not be miles ahead of someone else. Uh, and sometimes there's more mutuality. I mean, there's always mutuality to discipleship. Um, so we can't do this alone. Okay? Regeneration, you can't understand it, apply it, and live it out in its fullness by yourself. Okay? God did not make us to be alone. Like we saw that way back in January, right, as we began to look at the fullness of the gospel and this need that we have to be in our, is why we have life groups, right? Those are the places where you will receive discipleship. You know, where relationships will build so that, you know, we're not just 8, 12, 15 sticks you know, together, but you know, when you break off into a more personal relationship, you're helping each other to grow. Um, yeah, this is, as you understand this, 
but this becomes you, Jesus using you to help this happen for others. And that's the glory. Like, that's amazing. And God can take people like this, turn them into people like these, and they turn around and begin to say, hey, you know what? I don't have it all figured out, but I can share with you what I have figured out. And that's what discipleship is. And that's what God has called us into with life groups, the city Bible League, with the direction of the culture of the church. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this truth of regeneration. Thank you that we didn't just look at it once and let it go. But Father, we've been spending this much time on this because it's really hard for us to get it. It's hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to walk in once we do understand. There's so many things that get in the way. And so Lord, we just come to you with all of this. And we ask for your grace. And we ask that you would teach us not just our heads, but our hearts. So that we can not just know these teachings, but we can be powerfully impacted by them. And Father, we thank you again that regeneration is not just a power, but it's a person. Thank you, Jesus, that you have come not just down to earth, but you have come into us to be with us. We give you glory. We thank you that we can see your glory. Help us this week to remember your glory and to remember that your glory is in us.